0: all right good morning high desert word center how is everybody on a beautiful sunday morning amen well we're gonna have an awesome time today and uh, of course today is the day that our uh, youth group is leaving for their summer trip so let's hear it for the youth yeah they're very excited and it is the largest group that we've ever taken anywhere and so many kids that we had to rent an additional house where we're going and on top of that I got told that I'm going on the trip, so praise God, yeah. <laughs> hey, you work there, you need to go. So, uh, praise the Lord, we're going to have a really, really awesome time and we are so excited for these kids and uh, we're going to get them started off on the right foot today, amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we do believe that America's coming to Jesus. And as we keep saying, man, we are seeing the fruit of our faith-filled words beginning to pay off. So many good things happening lately, and we're going to continue to give God praise for that. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak these words together. Father. and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give Jesus some praise today. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to do what we always do and take a few minutes here to go meet and greet some people. So get out there, give some handshakes, some fist bumps, some hugs, whatever you got to do. Just make sure everybody gets a little love today. Amen. Let's go.
1: Salvation morning to night and day to day. Lift up your voice and thank him. I got provided. Our every need. Worship the God of mercy who gave his life to set us free. Our God is worthy to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to him. triumph. Let every tongue proclaim his praise. boast in the resurrection in Jesus Christ who rules and reigns. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to him, the God of God of triumph Let every tongue Proclaim his praise Boast in the Resurrection In Jesus Christ True rules and grace Our God is greatly To be praised Nothing in all the earth Compares to him The God of glory And of grace Our God is great. Our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to Him The God of glory and of grace Our God is great, our God is great Creation joins to praise Him Our God is great,
2: our God is great
1: Sin I found salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. The Church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great, our God is great, His kingdom shouts and sings. Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great.
3: you were going to come up here with me, pastor dude. No, it's okay. I got it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. Glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Okay, I have got all kinds of announcements for you because at High Desert Word Center, we always got a bunch of cool stuff going on, right? Okay, so let's see. Okay. Okay. The July scripture reading, pastor's starting to do this in the form of a a devotional, which is really cool. So we ran out of them on the info booth, but you can catch it online. If you go to our website, look that up, and you'll be able to catch them off of there. Or I think they're even on Facebook. Okay, so everybody knows the youth kids are leaving today. How many we got going? 30 teens and six adults. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's awesome. And don't forget, membership classes are coming up Sunday, July 17th in Victory. That will be from 4 to 7 p.m. And Pastor Dave always says there will be snacks and food. So, you know, you need to come and go to that. And the fishing trip, the men's fishing trip, we've tried to do this for years. So Timothy over here has set this whole thing up. And it's going to be at Valpoa Pier in San Diego whole rentals are 20 bucks. If you need more information, talk to Tim, stand up, Tim. So they know who you, this tiny fella here, that is Timothy. So praise the Lord. Okay. We want to welcome those of you who are worshiping with us for the first time or the first time in a long time. So t- if today is your first day here, raise your hand real big because we have a gift for you. Our welcome team has a gift for you. Anybody, anybody, anybody first time, first time in a long time. Okay. Over here. (laughs) Tim and Beth brought a friend. Thank you so much for being here today. Okay, now, I want to talk a little bit about SMTI as our Bible college. A lot of you are super interested in this. If I could have an usher up here to help me pass these forms out. If you are an usher up here, please. Oh, thank you, Cletus. Cletus, okay, happens to be Cletus is our dean dean of SMTI. So I've got all kinds of information here. Cletus, if, if you are interested in SMTI this year at all, it's our Bible college. Raise your hand and Cletus is going to hand you one of these. A lot of people showed interest in it. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy to have, uh, I can call you out if you're interested. I mean, if I, you told me you're interested. They better be interested. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Said, over there, the whole Crank family wants to go out here. Nick Alva wants to go. Nick wants to go. So raise your hand because you need one of these papers. Okay, if you're interested in SMTI, raise your hand, and we will get these to you. Amen. SMTI is a three-year Bible college. Dr. Barclay, our pastor from Midland, Michigan, is the one who teaches all these classes. Uh, You have to go to first year, first, second year, second, and third year, third. Um, Go to smtionline.com. Click on the take a free mini course thing. If you're interested at all, there's a three hour, three, that would be three classes free online. So if you want to look at those, you can get an idea of what it's like to, to go to Dr. Barclay's Bible uh, College. Then click on the tuition button so you know how much it's going to cost. They have payment plans. They have six uh, discounts. The cost is only $700 for, per year. And uh, then there's a cost of, of about three books because there's book reports due. Uh, there's a $25 application fee, a $175 down payment before you take the cost. And uh, you, can only, you can make seven payments of $75 a month. Some of you spend more than that on your coffee, you know what I mean? So, you know, this is, this is amazing. Uh, you know, I'm going to say this. Pastor and I, we were gone, you know, for five weeks, blah, blah, blah. We were visiting this church. And we're sitting there listening to this guy preach. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, he's preaching error. I thought, listen to what he's saying. And he was preaching one of the biggest errors that's going around in America now. Maybe even the world. And you know, if you're not strong in the Word, nobody in that place I think had a clue what this guy was saying but Pastor and I. Because we're so strong in the Word. And it's very easy to be deceived by false doctrine, things that you pick up, people you listen to on the internet, some of that stuff's not good at all. And so that's why I'm really pushing SMTI this year. This is solid, word-based stuff, just like you get here. You know, absolutely nothing but the word, powerful stuff, teaching you how to, about the local church, teaching you how to operate. A lot of it's about Ministry of Helps. And then it goes on to like if later on if you're called to the fivefold ministry. But anyway, anybody, everybody really needs to go to this. How many people in here, if you've been to SMTI, one to two or three years, stand up. I'm standing up too. Amen. All of us have been to SMTI. Maybe some people up there. Desiree. Good Lord. She's a three year graduate. Three year graduate. Three year graduate. Three-year graduate, three-year graduate. We've got some people that have been for two years and some for one. So this year we're going to be offering. And Cletus is three-year. Me too. <laughs> okay, you can be seated. So and Tom, Tom, Casey—they went one year. That's good. And I think even Lawrence went one year. Alex went one year. Hi, Alex. And Julie. Julie went one year. Two years. Two years. You want to kick in for three this year? No. Not not this year, not with a baby coming on. Kathy went one year. Are you sorry that you went? Do you highly recommend that people go? Yes. yes. Okay. So you heard it from the mouths of these people. If you want to grow more in the Lord, you need to sign up for SMTI. A lot of people say to me, I need a mentor. I want a mentor. Well, number one, you've got one of the greatest pastoral teams in this area or even in, maybe in the state, and that's pastoral team. Right here at High Desert Word Center. And if you just sit under the Word, you're good. However, Dr. Barclay is an awesome man of God. A lot of you have not never even met him yet because you're so new. But he'll be here sometime. But solid, solid Word doctrine. If you want to grow in the Lord, if you're hungry for the Lord at all, if you're hungry for the things of God, you need to come to SMTI. Amen. So anyway, i got this uh, form for you all. It tells you what to do. It tells you what to expect about it. And, uh, and it tells you to, how to sign up. So everything's online now. And so when it's, when, it, when you get to the part where it says you want to go online or you want to go in person, push the in person and it'll take you to another thing that'll, and you go down the list and you'll see High Desert Word Center. Click on that. Okay. And then you'll be able to finish your application form. So hallelujah. Amen. All right. And also, what else am I got to say? Okay. Women's meeting. Women's meetings for July and August are always canceled uh, because you need you're, you're with your family. You're doing all kinds of stuff. We'll kick in again September. That'll be September the ninth, the first Friday night of the month. So that'll be awesome. And so you know the rest. Of the, the women in July and August spend time with your family, fellowship with other the, uh, some of the other women in church. You know, if you want to get to know them better, ask them out to lunch. Ask them to come over for a cup of coffee, something. But you know, just do something like that. And uh, just, there's no warfare prayer tonight, no war, no 5pm warfare prayer tonight. But we're kicking in Tuesday morning at 9.30 in the office building.
0: All right. Very good. So lots of stuff going on. And uh, man, just pay attention so you can stay in the loop. And one thing I always encourage everybody is if you can follow us on social media and that will help you uh, not miss out on anything. We try to keep you updated on there as much as we possibly can. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, sir. It's happy time. And what is that all about? We're talking about God loves a cheerful giver. And so we said, hey, we'll just be cheerful with it. Amen. Uh, If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. And we are going to open up our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm going to be in the King James here. So Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm going to look at verse 18 Deuteronomy 8.18 in the King James. And if you're giving online, you could go to hdwc.org slash giving. And I know this much, that the Lord has blessed me in my life. And how can I help but to give back to Him? How could I not thank Him for all that He's done for me? Is there anybody else in here that you are well aware you would not be where you're at if it weren't for Jesus today? Amen. (laughs) You know, there's no way you could have got yourself there. There's no way. And you may be thinking, yeah, well... Uh, yeah, I, sure, I've got this, but I want a whole lot more. Well, let's be thankful for what we do have, and, let's, and, and the Lord will make the rest happen in our lives. But we're looking at Deuteronomy 8.18, and it's going to be in the King James, because that's how I learned it way back in the day. Amen. And so it says this, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth, That he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And as I'm looking at that verse... That could, you could go all sorts of directions with that. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Well, I know that as I remember the Lord my God, there's a lot of things I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to Him every day in prayer. I'm going to go to church every chance that I get and be in His house. And another massive way that I'm going to prove that I'm remembering the Lord my God is I'm going to be a doer of His Word. I'm going to obey what He says. In fact, one thing uh, that, that Jesus said that is so profound in the new testament he says if you love me you'll obey my commands you'll obey my word and so often we think man i gotta prove that i love god i'll I'll wear the biggest christian t-shirt i can get i'll only listen to christian music i'll do this i'll do that and all those are really nice and wonderful things but if you want to prove that you love jesus in his own words he said if you love me Just obey what I say. And so I'm encouraging us that as we read this verse, if you're going to remember the Lord your God, we're going to obey his word. And that would include every area, not limiting and not excluding the area of tithing and giving. I want to obey God even with my money. And notice it does say, it is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth. And so, yeah, praise God, the Lord will give you the power to get wealth. But why does the Lord want you to have the power to get wealth? Is it so you can have the biggest house in Barstow? So you can have a Lambo? So you can drive a Tesla? So you can rub it in people's faces? No! He wants us to have the power to get wealth that He may establish His covenant, which He swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. And so... For the Christian, for the born-again person, if God blesses them with finances, what are they going to do? They're going to put it into the kingdom of God. They're going to help preach the gospel. They're going to send teenagers on some trips so they can learn more about Jesus, right? They're going to help people out with it. And so God wants His people to be the ones that are blessed because they're going to do the right thing with it. They're going to help establish His covenant. Can we get an amen today? Amen. Let's stand up together. Praise God. We're going to stand up and we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. And we always mix faith with everything we do, including our giving. Amen. So we're going to speak these words of faith and we're going to have an awesome time of worship today. Praise God. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
1: Feel free to join us up in front tonight. I... We're going to sing together. hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. You will
2: worship
0: Praise your name, Father. We thank you, Lord. You know, David wrote in the Psalms that, hey, sometimes you just got to be still and know that he is God. And and there's a time for that. There's a time for us to just chill out in the presence of God for a minute and uh, contemplate and ponder it and take in all that he is. You realize that he is God. He is the Almighty. He is God. The bigger than anything that we face. He is greater than anything in this entire world. Father, we love you so much. And as we're in your presence today, Lord, we want you to speak to us. We want to hear from you. We didn't come for any other reason than, than to glorify your name and, 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 to, and to learn more about you. We want to be more like you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you are. And yeah, we're grateful for what you've done for us, but that, that's not the reason we love you. We don't just love you because of all the things you do for us. We love you for who you are. You are compassion. You are merciful. You are mighty. And we love you and we praise your name today, Father. We thank you for all that you are. Hallelujah.
3: This is a word for somebody or some bodies. You're waiting for God to move in your life. But he's saying the ball's in your court. He's already moved. He's waiting for you. So do whatever it was He told you to do, and He'll equip you to do it.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good to us. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise for just another minute this morning? Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We praise you, and we thank you for all that you are. You can have your way in this place today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Will you can make your way to your seats? Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Who believes that today? That the Lord is good, and I'm glad that He is rich in mercy because, wow, I need His mercy a lot of times, don't you? <laughs> Praise God. Well, we're going to have a really great time getting into the Word of God today, and um, if you've been here on some of these past Sunday mornings, today is going to be part three in a series that we're doing called agape. And if you don't know what agape is, this is a Greek word. And just a really quick little rewind just to catch everybody up. Uh, so we know in English we've got one word for love and we just use it for anything and everything. You say I love my wife and you say I love tacos and it's all the same word, but the the understood thing of it is it's a different love right well in the greek language and the bible times they had four different words for love and they all did a much better job of describing the love you're talking about and so the love that uh that the lord wants us to show and it's used all throughout the new testament is the word agape and agape is unconditional no strings attached love now, in our human standard, uh, we love people, but there's usually some strings attached. I will love you with all that I am as long as you do exactly what I want you to do and treat me exactly how I expect to be treated, then I'll love you. Well, that's not unconditional love. That's Conditional love, right? There are, there's a, there's conditions, there's terms and conditions. You know, I don't, I don't use them anymore, but back when I would use a credit card, uh, you know, you'd think, oh man, these guys love me so much. They're going to let me use their money, and they are so sweet, and they're just going to let me use it at 2%. Oh, my gosh, I love them, and they love me. And then you read the terms and conditions. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll let you use some of our money at 2%, but if you are one minute late, we will raise it up to 19.5%. We'll sell your house, your dog, your car, and we're coming after your kids, but, boy, are we there for you. We love you. And I'm like, my gosh, dude, there were strings attached to this relationship. Well, you realize that agape love, and it's the love that God loves us with, there's no strings attached. Jesus doesn't love you because you deserve it. You realize that, right? Because I don't deserve the love of Jesus. I have been a bad boy sometimes, yet he loves me anyway. And, and, and Jesus doesn't love me just for what I can do for him. Jesus loves me because he is love. And he loves me because he loves me. And so in our lives, if we're going to love like Jesus loved, which he did tell you to do, John thirteen thirty four, he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. As I have loved you, you must love one another. And so if we're going to be more like Jesus, there's going to have to be some unconditional love. Yeah, I, I loved them. Then they were mean to me. Then I stopped loving them. Well, then you didn't agape love them. You just love them on your own generic made up terms. And one thing that you'll find out serving God is you can't serve God on your terms and you can't just make up your own definitions to words. You and that's one thing that we do in 2022. I mean, five years ago, one word may have totally meant one thing, but now nobody told you. But it, it, you're just supposed to know that it means something totally different. Well, when it comes to the Bible You don't get to just make up your own definitions of words and and expect everybody else to fall in line with it. We have got to fall in line with the word of God. And so as we talk about love, we're talking about agape love, not whatever our own cheap, generic, made up, pretend definition of love is. Can I get an amen? All right. If you need an outline for the message, raise your hand. The ushers, they have got some for you. And you can follow along with us. And today, what we're doing, I know you hold on to your seats because you're just going to be so excited when I tell you this. You guys ready for this? Oh, it's going to be good. What we're going to do is we're going to take an expository look at 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I knew you'd be excited. Now, normally, I don't do expository sermons on a Sunday morning, but we're going to dig in. And what we're going to do is 1 Corinthians 13, to most people, is known as... The love chapter of the Bible, verses 4 through 8, are all about love. And 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 what it is, is it is the most precise and defined definition of what God's love is. And so, as, as I said a minute ago, we kind of all have our own definition of love. Well, this right here, what we're going to look at is God's definition of love. If you were to look in his dictionary, this is what would pull up for what he means when he says, love your neighbor as yourself. For what he means when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is what he's talking about. And uh, as we go into this, we're getting ready to open up there. And, and all, the, all your whole outline is just simply fill in the blanks from First Corinthians 13. Uh, but but I, I had another verse pop into my heart real quick as we were worshiping this a minute ago. And I want to look really, really quick at Matthew chapter 7. Can we flip there? Matthew 7, are you with me today? All right. Now, as we study uh, the topic of love, you know, there's a lot of things that happen. Uh, first of all, everybody comes up and tells me, man, how did you know that's what I'm going through right now and that's what I needed to hear? Because we could preach on love every single Sunday and it's always what you need to hear. Right? I mean, I don't even have to take a guess. Uh, I mean, every week, because, hey, you're married, and he's super annoying sometimes. Let's just get real, right? Uh, and, 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 and you've got kids, and you work a job, and you, you live around people. And so every week, we could preach on the topic of love and, and absolutely be speaking to you every single time. Another thing that happens is this. We preach on love, and someone's like, man, I sure hope so-and-so's listening because they need to hear this. I caution you. Always apply the word to yourself first and your wife later or, or the, the people that you don't like later. Apply It works best when you apply it to yourself and then, you know, praise God, other people can apply it to their lives also. And so it's just it's really important that we don't sit here and say, man, I hope my wife's listening today. She needs she is the one that needs to be hearing this right now. And I saw some lady said this week that. Men are just like mascara. At the first sign of emotion, they run. And I was like, whoa, what's up with that? I mean, that's a little hard. Is it mascara? Am I, I don't know my makeup real well, but I think that, all right. That was that was for you ladies, but you just wait till later on in this message. All right, uh, Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to look here at uh, just the first couple of verses. This is just a quick add-on. Uh, but Jesus said, do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Everybody loves that verse, but look. For you will be treated as you treat others. And here's what I'm getting at, the second part of this verse. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And so I'm cautioning you, if you want to just worry about how everybody else is acting right now, if you want to just worry about how they're treating you and, and, and judging everybody else, that's fine. Just make sure that you're judging yourself. By the same standard that you judge everybody else by. Do you get what I'm saying? Because we have a tendency to hold ourselves to one standard, but hold everybody else to a whole other standard. That's What do we call that? That's a double standard. You get to act one way, but you expect everybody else to act a certain way. You get to treat everybody one way, but they better treat you this way or they're going to get it. I feel I'm preaching pretty good right now and'm getting very minimal amens. Can I get an amen today? <laughs> Come on, I'm talking to you. And so we're saying today that as we look at the love of God, we're applying this to our own lives, and we're talking about God's definition, not your definition, or my personal definition. Amen. All right, let's get to the message. First Corinthians 13, let's go. Who's excited? Yeah, everyone's excited about this. Now, if any of this hits close to home, just realize that I had to study this all week and say, ouch, every day this week as I examined my life and said, oh, gosh, I have got to do better than this. And so I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to anybody that will listen today that this right here is is God's standard and definition of love. Now, hey, it's okay if you don't like it, because praise God, it, it doesn't change the standard. You know, there's Ray Bench talked about this when he was here a while back, that... The, the the width of home plate in baseball is like 17 inches or something and hey some guys they like that and some guys are like man they need to make it wider cuz it's just a little bit harder for me well the standard doesn't change just cuz you don't like it or it's a little bit harder for some than others the standard is the standard and that means I've just got to work on myself a little bit and got to get a little bit better sometimes do you understand what I'm saying today and so we're going to look at god's definition of love first corinthians 13 verse 4 are you there yet all right now i'm going to be in the nlt and i i i uh i almost went in the amplified classic but we'd be here all day long so let's just go in the nlt here. first corinthians 13 verse 4 it says love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it does not demand its own way it is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, we'll tag on verse 8 later in the New King James or the King James or any other version, and it says, love never fails, all right? And so we're going to break down each of these verses here together today, and, and I want you to listen, and I want you to, to let the Lord speak to your heart about how you could do better to love like Jesus loves, because don't you like it that Jesus doesn't hold it all against you? Do you do you appreciate the way that Jesus loves you? I certainly do. I lo- I'm very thankful for the way that jesus loves me i'm glad that jesus loves me better than i love other people and so my goal in life is to love other people the same way that jesus loves me and that's a beautiful thing and it will change our lives if we would live by this and and i'm just going to tell you that right now if you would focus on this right here i promise you This will change your life. And that's not just, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not going overboard. If you would focus on these three or four verses in your life, this would change your life. Yeah, but that means I got to treat other, that doesn't change how they treat me. It doesn't matter how they treat you at that point because you're doing things God's way. And it will absolutely radically change your life if this would be your focus in life. So as we get into this, I'm going to repeat this phrase. That I felt the Lord speak to my heart just a little bit ago. Don't hold people to a higher standard than you hold yourself. Do not hold people to a higher standard than you hold yourself. Amen? All right, let's get into this. Verse 4, we're going to break it down. Verse 4, it tells us love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. So the first thing for verse 4 is patient. I'm going to ask you today, how is your patience level? Are you a patient person or are you an impatient person? And, and so a lot of times I feel like we don't associate patience as being a form of love. Like, oh, I love everybody, but no, I'm not patient. Well, hold on then. Hold on on that. Listen, if you love according to God's standard, then yes, you are a patient Person. And if we're not patient, then, yeah, we're just not really loving the way that God says to love. So consider that. Another thing about it is the next part of this is love is what? Kind. Love is kind. Now, kind, at least uh, by English standards, means friendly, generous, and considerate. Are you considerate of other people or are, are you, uh, their, their feelings don't really matter? I just say whatever I want to say and they can just get over it because that's how I am. Well, hold on, hold on. But if someone does that to you, you'll blow up and talk about how persecuted and wrong you are. I'm just going to move on because I don't think that went real okay. So the love of God is kind, and there seems to not be a whole lot of kindness. in our world today. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's, just, that's just the fact of the matter. If you don't totally agree with me, then you cannot be a part of my life. I have to cancel you. I have to push you out. We cannot associate if we do not agree on 100% of things. Is that the love of God? No, it's not. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm speeding through a few of these points because The heavy hitters are coming. This is the easy work. This is the elementary. This is the surface level stuff. All right. Love is not jealous. All right. Let's go ahead and dig on this one. I want to dig on this. So love is not jealous. Now, this is something that I don't think we talk about that often. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever preached a whole sermon on jealousy, but I think it's something that should be talked about from time to time. I see so many Christians That cannot be happy for somebody else when they have something good happen to them. I literally see people, somebody else gets a new car or a new house, and they take it as a personal insult to them. You think I'm trying to be funny? I'm not trying to be. I wish I was trying to be funny right now. But there's so many people like, man, did you hear about so and so? They got this, they got that, and like, yeah, I heard about it, and in your and, and, in, and in your mind, oh, just wait. I, I know what we can do. We'll go out and just get, we'll get the eight-cylinder. Ha! Uh, you got a three-bedroom? We'll get a four-bedroom. Just wait and see. It'll happen. I will kill myself until I have a bigger house than him. And hey, you look at me like that, but I know what's going on. You know, the teenagers, I'm going to spend a whole week with you, so get ready. But listen to me. Hey, somebody gets a new video game and, or a new system or a new something, why, 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 that, is that an insult to you that is that a personal no that 's not an insult because the bible tells us in romans twelve fifteen write it down write it down Romans twelve fifteen rejoice with those who rejoice. you should be totally happy when something good happens to your Christian brother or sister or to your blood brother or sister what's so bad about that that's not a a knock against you rejoice with those who rejoice and then it says to weep with those who weep but if you get mad or on the inside it bothers you every time somebody else gets something nice or a little bigger and better than you you do not walk in the love of god no, I love people. I just got these jealousy issues. Then it's then then it's not the God the, the God kind of love. The God kind of love rejoices with those who rejoice, and it's not jealous. And I'm, man, I'm trying to teach my kids this one the best I can. You know, every time one sibling gets something, hey, how about they got that? Well, last time you got that. So what's the matter? Your turn's coming around. And as an adult, you need to real. The adults need to hear this too. Your time will come around to get something good, too, but it doesn't matter that they got theirs first. Why should that bother you? Well, this is America. We've got to have the biggest and the best. We're talking about the kingdom of God right here, and I'm fine if I don't have the biggest house in Barstow, right? Come on. I don't need to have the nicest car. Clearly, I don't need to have the nicest car, but at the same time, some of you get that. Some of you get that. You'll get to know me better later, but listen, It's okay. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Love is not jealous. The next thing is this. Love is not boastful or proud. Love is not boastful or proud. So it's one thing to rejoice with someone else that got something. But when you get something, when you get blessed, when you get something good happen to you, it's one thing to testify and rejoice about it, amen, but you don't have to boast or brag about it. And I say this, that the Lord knows our hearts. And so, you know, if your intention on telling everybody about the good thing that happened to you is to make them feel jealous or like they're less than you, that's not God's love. Jesus wouldn't do that. You understand? I mean, I know we're hitting some heavy stuff here today, but, but really, uh, this is so basic. This is so elementary level, but we as adults need to hear this stuff. Play well with others. Don't be a you know, little poopy pants. Don't rain on everybody else's parade. It's okay because I found out that no matter what, if you get the biggest and nicest thing, by next week someone else is going to have a bigger and nicer one, aren't they? You get the newest phone, it's going to be outdated by next Friday at noon, Right? I mean, you're going to be, I talk to the teenagers, like, hey, I got the iPhone 16. I don't even know which one's out right now. But I'm like, oh, man, you got that? You're, you're so old school. Don't you know the next Thursday, the 24th is coming out? What a loser. You know, seriously, it doesn't matter. It's all stuff. But I want to live my life like Jesus lived his life. And so let's go on to verse 5. Verse 5, oh, here we go. I've been waiting for this one. Love is not rude let's hear it for the rude people today come on you know who you are amen yeah so agape i'm not talking about your own again i keep saying that your own little definition of well well the way that i see love is man this is not a we're not talking about the way you see love we're talking about god's definition and if you're gonna love like god says to love you're not gonna be rude now Rude, you know, it can be a unique word because it can change depending on what culture you live in. You know, I've been to other countries and other cultures. I mean, when I was in Russia, they did things that I thought were just flat out rude but were totally normal to them. And I've been to other places, and, and, and I'm like, man, how rude. And they think I'm rude because I'm not doing it, you know. You, you eat a good meal, and the, the polite thing to do is to, to belch at everybody else. <laughs> You're like, that is so rude. But to them, it's rude if you don't do it. And, and and But I will say that we have a general standard of what is rude and what is not rude, and the love of God is not rude. Does the love of God give dirty looks to other people? Does the love of God, you know, hold the door for someone? Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? The love of God, it, because I'll tell you this, love is not always convenient. It's not. I'm I'm only going to tell this story because Michael Cabrera saw me this morning. I'm I'm only telling this for that reason. But I was in a hurry to get to church, okay? The Prius was firing on all four cylinders today, so I was going good. And and I was was on my way, and and I'm going through the intersection by Walmart, and this girl, uh, her car stops in the middle of the intersection, and there's a, a car or two in front of me, and she's trying to push her car. These men just drive right around her, and I'm like hold on, what what is this? And so I had little Sam in the car. I'm like, stay in the car. But how can you, as a Christian, see a woman pushing a car through an intersection and she can't handle it and just drive on past, right? I mean, that's not Christian-like. And then also, I don't care what year it is. If you're a man, you help a woman out that's trying to push a car uphill like this and the car is clearly rolling back on her. Oh, no, 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 that's how it used to be man, listen, that is messed up, and so, uh, yeah, we got out, and I, I helped her push her car, and then I get to church, and, and Michael's like, hey, when I break down, I know who to call now, and I'm like, hey, anyone that knows me knows this much, I can push a car, I cannot fix a car, unless unless your blinker fluid's running low, then I got you, I can, I can fill that in, yeah, that's good stuff, so it's a good thing that we could push the car, I could not fix the car, but I know guys that can, all right, so Anyway, the love of God is not rude. Now, here's something that I'm going to say that I think I heard Josh tell me this, but it's the truth. And, and it's this, is that we tend to judge other people by their actions and judge ourselves by our intentions. We tend to judge, oh, yeah, she did this to me. Yeah, but I saw you do this to her. Yeah, well, I didn't mean it, though. My, I intended it this way. So we tend to judge other people by their actions, and we judge ourselves by our intentions. Well, I know what I meant, and, but, but, but she said this, or, or he said this, or, or they did this, and well, what if they didn't mean it just like you didn't mean it all those times? But I'm just going to consistently remind you, Matthew 7 and verse 2, that the standard you use for judging other people is the standard by which You will be judged. So yeah, if you have super high standards for everyone, you better have them for yourself too. Because it's just more real to me than it's ever been in my life. That I'm going to stand before God someday, and there is a day called Judgment Day. And I will give an account to God Almighty for the way that I behaved on this earth. Now Jesus paid the price for my sins, thank God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so because of that, I'm going to heaven. But it is very real to me that I will have to give an account to God. And if I was so stinking rude that I drove people away from Jesus Christ, and they're like, you know what, forget it, I don't want none of that, and I get an answer to God for that someday, that is terrifying to me. Only God can judge me. That ought to terrify you, man. You'd be better off if the rest of us judged you. But if we're gonna stand before God and you really do know that, that'll change the way that you live this life right here. Because I'm not I don't I don't want to dread that conversation. That's something that's something uh, to, to take very seriously. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? Okay, the next part of that verse says it does not demand its own way. Do you always have to have things your way? I'm just going to let that silence just kick in for a minute. Because I'm going to have loud for the next four days. Do you always have to have your own way? Oh, all right. You responded that time. All right. So if you always have to have everything your way, again, that's not the love of God. Because the love of God is not demanding. Now, I know people, and, and, and you know people that if the rest of the group or the family don't eat what you want or play the game you want or do the activity you want or watch the show you want, you're fine with it. You just won't participate. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah, no, you guys do it. I'm just not going to. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. Is that you've got to have your own way? And if you don't, you will silently throw a little hissy fit Just so everybody else knows what's going on. If that's hidden close to home, say amen. No, 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 no. Don't say amen. Okay? Now here's another one I want to dig at. The love of God, it is not irritable. It is not irritable. Say this with me. Love is not irritable. Love is not moody. Why did that get quiet? We should have all been able to say that together. Love is not moody. Thank you. I mean, this is the Bible here we're talking about. Now, this may sound funny, but it's actually, it's kind of sad. If you're always irritable and moody, let's just get real, you need to quit it. Let's, no, let's don't talk about that. Uh, No, no, let's talk about that for a minute. I want to talk about that. I've got times that I'm irritable and moody. You can ask my family. You know, hey, we all do. It's one thing to have a grumpy day, to... Occasionally be a little irritable or a little moody. That, that, that's one thing if that's enough. But if you are consistently irritable, moody, difficult to be around, treat your whole family and everybody else bad because you just don't feel it today. That is messed up right there. You need to do a checkup from the neck up. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You need to let, let's examine that for a minute because there's no way that it's fun to live like that. I was talking to some of the guys the other day, you know, I I see some people every time they leave the house, they get into it with somebody. They go to the grocery store and they get into it with people. They go to church and they get into it with people. They go to work. They go to school. They go to the mailbox and they get into it with the mailman. And I'm like, how in the world do you live your life like that? How? I, I don't get that. And I'm like, I I am 36 years old. I have never one time gone to the store and just happened to to get into a fight with somebody. Out of 36 years. And I know teenagers that can't go to the store one time without getting into a fight with somebody. How is, I've gone 36 years and this has not happened to me. How does this happen? Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, the love of God is not irritable. It is not moody. It, it can overlook a dirty look. It can overlook somebody else taking your parking spot. It can overlook a whole lot of things because Jesus overlooks a whole lot of things with us, doesn't he? What if every time that we did something dumb, Jesus was right there to pounce on it? That'd be a long day because I do some dumb things some days. Ask my wife. She knows. She'll tell you. But the love of God is not irritable. And so some people, well, I'm just wired that way. That's just the way that I am. And, and, and you know, everyone else is just going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to get over it. That's not the love of God. The love of God doesn't say everyone's got to get over it. They've got to deal with it because I'm just wired this way. The love of God says, no, a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Even if I'm not feeling it today, I'm gonna to choose to control it. Control. Maybe I don't need to be around as many people. Maybe there's things I need to do, but you have self-control. And well, yeah, yeah, yeah but 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 I can't. We've got to exercise this self-control. And it, this applies to anybody and everybody. But I heard a story about this guy. He was walking down uh, one of the Southern California beaches one day. And he says out loud to God, God, I want you to give me one desire. I've always had one desire. And, and God replies from heaven, okay, Jim, you know what? You've been a very faithful and sincere man to me. You know what? I, I, I'm going to grant you one desire. I'm going to do this for you today. What do you want? And Jim says, I want a highway that would allow me to drive all the way to Hawaii. I would like to just, time I would just be able to get on the highway and drive all the way to Hawaii. God says, son, do you know how long it would take me to build all that concrete under the Pacific Ocean? It would take me ages to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I could do that. But could you think of a request for a minute that would maybe benefit others? Maybe something that's not quite so selfish. And so, you know, Jim thinks for a minute and and he says, okay, God, I I got it. Could you please help me to understand how women think, how they feel, and maybe sometimes why my wife's so irritable and moody. It would help men everywhere out. And God replies, Do you want two lanes or four? <laughs> all right. Hey, I cracked on the men earlier in the service. I had to, it's gotta be fair, it's gotta be even. I debated all week long on telling that. Alright. If you got beef, see me later. But the love of God would forgive me. Alright. Uh, the next, next, let's move on to the next one. Love keeps no record of being wronged. Love keeps no record of being wronged wronged and so i want you to see an additional verse i'm adding a verse onto this hebrews eight twelve. can we look at that hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12 love keeps no record of being wronged now that is a difficult thing for us to even comprehend but we're talking about god's definition not our definition not our standard we're talking about god's definition hebrews 8 and verse 12 Are we having a good time today? And it says, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. That's the way that Jesus loves us and forgives us. And we've got, I mean, a dozen other verses that would uh, line up right with this. Uh, But I'm telling you right now that when Jesus forgives, he says, I will never again remember their sins. And so if Jesus isn't holding all your past sins and mistakes over your head, do you have the right to hold somebody else's past mistakes and sins over their head? Now, I get it. This this can be a difficult and and, and deep thing to think about because I know some people that they're dealing with forgiveness issues, and it is deep-rooted and people genuinely... Did them some hurt, did them some wrong, abused them, and I get that. Then I talk to some people and I'm like, well, I just don't like. I don't. She she wore the same outfit that I wore today. I can't believe the nerve that she has. I'm like, okay, we're gonna get through this. Hold my hands. We're gonna, in Jesus' name, give her the power to forgive. I mean, there, that's one level, but but I'm talking about that when there's genuine, deep forgiveness issues. This can be a little easier said than it is done. But the fact of the matter is this, is that the standard doesn't change. And so we've got to work with what God gave us here. We've got to work with his standard of forgiveness. Now, it's one thing to recognize that, hey, this person keeps hurting me, so I'm probably not going to hang around them anymore. And so there's a difference between forgiveness and trust, right? I have to forgive you, if nothing else, because I love God and want to obey him and do right by him. Now, it may mean not even because you deserve it or you've earned my forgiveness. But I, as a Christian, I am required to forgive you. I'm not required to trust you, though. And so I may forgive you. I'm not going to lay awake at night losing sleep over you. I'm not going to sit there and plot revenge and think about all and and, 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 and focus and, and on all of the wrong you've done me. I'm just, you know, I forgive you. I pray for God's best. I don't have to trust you anymore. But make no mistake about it. I do have to forgive you, and I'm not allowed to sit there and keep remembering all your sins and all the bad things that you've done in life. Well, why is that? Well, I didn't write it. It's God's definition of love. Uh, he He set the standard. I didn't set the standard. He did, and I have to choose to adjust my life to line up with his standard. Can I get an amen today? Let's look at verse 6. Verse 6 tells us that love, it does not rejoice about injustice the love of God does not rejoice about injustice and so I'll tell you this much the love of God always wants true justice and God is a God of love we know that right not only is he a God of love but he is love according to first John 4 verse 8 it says God is love that's what he is but as much as God is a God of love he's also a God of justice And so justice, I've found out, may not always be what you think it is, but I'm very happy that it's always what God says that it is. And he is a God of justice. Thank God for that. And that's why we showed you last week out of Romans chapter 12 that you don't have to take revenge and vengeance into your own hands. God's a God of justice. He'll take care of things if we leave it in his hands. Look at this next part of it. The love of God, it rejoices Whenever the truth wins, whenever the truth wins out is what it says. And so love, the love of God, it rejoices in truth. God's love doesn't lie. God won't lie to you to avoid hurting your feelings. He'll tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. But here's the great thing about the love of God is that the love of God will tell you the truth, but it's always from a genuine heart of love. It's never to shame you or hurt you. And I I mean I've talked about this so much lately, but look at Ephesians 4, verse 15. Ephesians 4, verse 15. Because it's one thing to say, oh yeah, I am gonna tell him the truth. Oh I'm gonna get her, I'm gonna tell her the truth. Yeah. And it's not because you want to love them and you wanna help them correct a dangerous behavior. You want to do it to shame them and embarrass them and thumb them down and say, oh, man, the Bible says this. Well, bam, and hit them over the head with the Bible. Listen, that's not the love of God. That's not the love of God. And so the love of God handles telling the truth this way. Ephesians 4 and verse 15, it says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Say that with me. Speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like christ because that's what jesus did who is the head of his body the church and so we're called to speak the truth no doubt about it but we're called to do it in love and so if our motive for speaking the truth is to hurt people instead of help people you've got the wrong motive and that's not why jesus did that yeah john chapter four when he talks to the woman at the well he says hey go get your husband she says wait no i'm single I don't have a husband. And he's like, I know you don't have a husband. You've had five. And you're living with a man you're not married to right now. And she's like, oh, wow. She says, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I'm like, you think? <laughs> wow, yeah, sure. And, and, but she didn't get mad because Jesus wasn't saying that to embarrass her. He was saying that like, listen, you don't have to be fake with me. I, I, I know you, and I want to change your life today. Jesus spoke the truth, even if it hurt, but he did it out of a heart of love. And that's our challenge as Christians in 2022. Look at verse 7. Verse 7, what a beautiful verse right here. We all want this. Verse 7, it says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And whenever I read this verse... I think directly of Jesus because Jesus and agape are pretty much synonymous terms uh, because according to First John 4, God is love. And so since Jesus and agape love go hand in hand, I was reading this verse and I just inserted Jesus name in here like this. And it about it, it got me. And so I was thinking about how Jesus loves Dave samples, Jesus, his love. Jesus' love never gives up on Pastor Dave's samples. He never loses faith. He is always hopeful, no matter how dumb I'm being, and he endures through every circumstance. Think about that. Think about Jesus speaking to you right now where you're at, and he's saying, listen, it's okay. I never give up on you. I never lose faith for you. I'm always going to be hopeful for you. And I'm going to endure through every circumstance. There is nothing too bad or too far out there that you can do that will make me stop loving you. I don't, you know, I think about that. I mean, I know some people that have done some really bad things to Jesus. He has saved them. He has forgiven them. And they certainly did not earn it or deserve it. He has picked their life up from the ashes and made something beautiful And then, you know what? Hey, they forget about him. They, they. Next thing you know, they're right back to what put their life in the ash pile in the first place. They backstab him. They accuse him of things. Yeah, God did this to me. They accuse false. Talk about bearing false witness. They bear false witness against God. They, they talk bad. They, they forget him. They, all this stuff. And yet, through it all, Jesus is right there. Man, I'm not giving up. I love you. I will love you. No matter what you do. And here I am. I get mad at someone for cutting me in line at Walmart. What's up with that? I didn't put cheese on my burger. Man, I hate them. Seriously? And so we're talking. Could you insert your name into this verse right here? How would that pan out? Would it be a lie if we inserted your name into this verse? I know Walter won't get mad at me. So I'll just throw it. But Walter's love never gives up. He never loses faith. He is always hopeful, and Walter endures through every circumstance. Now, in your life, could you read that and be like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's a lie? Woo! Or could you say, you know what? That's what I'm striving for. I may not be batting a thousand on that, but that's the life that I want to live. Now, when you love people that way, I'm going to tell you this right up front. If you will love people, like 1 Corinthians 13 says to love them, sometimes you are going to get taken advantage of in life. People took advantage of Jesus. They still do. They love him until they get what they want, then they ditch him. And so I'm telling you right now, if you will love like God said to love, yes, you will get burned in. You will get taken advantage of. That's part of the Christian life sometimes. I hate to say it, but it's true. Sometimes... People will take advantage of your good Christian nature, but it's okay because there's a massive lesson my dad taught me as a kid that is still something I think about and talk about all the time. Is this: if I'm going to error, I'm going to error on the side of love. I, if I'm going to make a mistake, it's going to be that I loved you too much. If I'm going to if I'm going to have a fault, it's going to be that I just I gave and I loved too much, and. I know that I'm going to stand before God someday. I've said this. And I, if I stand before Jesus and he says, you know what? You were way too nice down there. You were way too kind. You were way overboard, too loving. I'm going to be like, okay, thank you for telling me that. But if he says, you were so mean. Nobody could stand to be around. You drove people away from me. I wish you would have not told anybody that you were a Christian. You did damage to my name. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't live with that. And so, we all have a free choice, right? Uh, You can choose to act how you want to act. But I caution you, if you're going to be mean and a jerk and take advantage of other people and hurt them and harm them and be selfish and rude and nasty and gnarly, do not tell people you're a Christian. If If you refuse to change, then just... Believe in Jesus. Keep your fire insurance card close by because, hey, this thing's coming to an end real soon. You do want to get up there, all right? But if you refuse to make any adjustments in this area, please, please, please don't tell anybody you're a Christian. Because when the next one of us comes down the road and tries to say, hey, I'm a Christian, and I want to tell you how Jesus loves you, how he could heal you of this, how he could deliver you from this, how he could change your life, yeah, (laughs) I saw what Jesus did to her. No thank you. I am fine the way that I am. If it's going to cause me to act like her, no thank you. So we can do harm to the name of Christ. On, on Wednesday night in our summer in the Psalms, we talked about how David was always saying, I want to bring honor to your name, God. I want to bring honor to your name. And so as a Christian, our whole goal should be to bring honor to the name of Christ. But when we're nasty and mean, it brings shame and it pushes people away. And I know this much. We have to answer to God for it someday. And The last thing I'm going to say is this. It's out of verse 8. You know, in the NLT, it won't word it this way. But the, the main thing is this, is, is that it tells us that love never fails. And, and, and what it's getting at is there's lots of other things that will fade away in heaven Tongues are going to fade away. I speak in tongues right now, but when I get to heaven, I'm not going to need to speak in tongues. You know, prophecy, it's going to fade away someday because I don't need that in heaven. But one thing that will never fade away is love. You're still going to have that in heaven. And so love never fails. Say that with me. Love never fails. And I know this much, that if I will Love other people the best that I can. I, you know what? I'm not going to fail in life. They may take advantage of me. They may whatever. But in the end, I will always, always, always win if I am loving other people the best that I possibly can. According to this standard, I will win. I will come out on top. I will be victorious. I will have the joy and the peace of God. I will keep my family intact. I I will keep my church intact. I will keep it all together, and I will never fail. And so you're asking, yeah, well, I'm in this situation right now. What do I do? I don't know exactly what to tell you, but I do know this much. If you will love the way that Jesus loves, you will win, and you will come out on top. Yeah, but I've got this going on. Can you just tell me exactly what to do? No, but I can tell you this much. Love never fails. If you will handle the situation through the agape love of God, I guarantee you will win. Now, maybe in the short term, you know, it may not feel good. It may seem like it's costing you, but you will win if you'll handle it in the love of God because love never fails. And so as we kind of... Wind things down a little bit today. What I'm telling you is this. What we've just looked at, you know, you may think, well, that wasn't very exciting. I wanted to come in and hear that God wants me healthy, wealthy, and wise. He does. But before all that happens, he wants you to get a hold of this and start trying your best to live your life according to this standard and definition of love. Now, you're not going to be perfect at it. But that's no excuse to say, well, you know what? No one's perfect, so I'm just going to be mean to everybody. No, that doesn't fly anymore. You're a a big boy. You're a big girl, all right? You're you're accountable now. We're going to fall short because we all fall short. But if I am living my life by this standard to the best that I can, I'm never going to fail. I will always, always win because love, it doesn't say that, well, love sometimes fails or love usually. Love never fails. Let's start lining up to this the best that we can. I promise you, it will change your life. Can I get an amen? All right, let's stand up together today. Praise God. Have we been blessed from God's word today? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to have our prayer team come up. Now, here in a few minutes, right before we close out, we're going to Pray for all the teenagers that are going on the trip and everything. We want to, we want to bless them before. But, but before that, if you're here and you need prayer, man, maybe you've been dealing with something. Maybe you've got some difficult people you're dealing with right now. Hey, we want to hook up with you and we want to pray with you and believe with you for a breakthrough in that situation. That's what we want to do today. Um, but the biggest thing is this: as we talk about love. If you have not received the love of Jesus into your life, there's no way you could live by that. You have to have the love of God in your heart to be able to live according to this. You, you, in your human strength, you don't have the strength to do it. I'll tell you that right now. But through Jesus, you could live your life this way. And so if you're here and, and maybe you've just never really received Jesus into your life, we've got to handle that today. We have to get this right today or maybe you're here and and at one point you did and you just kind of walked away we know he didn't leave you but let's get real sometimes we've walked away from him we aren't here to shame you or judge you or rub your face in it we're here to say man let's get this fixed today if you need to come back to jesus we want to pray with you today and we are a church that doesn't believe in quickly raise your hand so nobody can see it so you can so you can be as secretive as possible because wouldn't it be awful if everybody else knew that you had jesus no We're a church that believes, hey, if you want to get right with Jesus, you got to do it, man. You you, you can't be ashamed of it. And so we invite you to come up to any one of these people, and we will pray with you and make sure that you are on the right track with Jesus again. Amen? But don't be ashamed. he's, He's not ashamed of you. He loves you, and he's not holding it against you. So if you need prayer for anything, please come up, but especially if you do not have things where they need to be with Jesus right now. Come up. Josh, lead us in a song. Higher than the
1: mountains that I face, stronger than the power of the grave, a constant through the trial and the change. my soul and I never ever have to be afraid one thing remains your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love never Fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love. Death in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love. My debt is paid, there's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love. In death and life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love. My debt is paid, there's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love. your love never fails it never gives up and never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love i end Confident and covered by the power of your great love My debt is paid There's nothing that can separate my heart From your great love In death, and in life Confident and covered by the power of your great love. My debt is paid. There's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love. Your love never fails and never gives up
0: All right, everybody. Praise God. Well, who has had a good time today? Amen. Who is so glad that your husband was in here to hear that? (laughs) Who's glad your wife was in here to hear that? All right. Amen. All right. Praise God. All right. Well, I'm glad that you were here to hear that. All right. So, um, what we're going to do before we close out, I want all of the teenagers and adults that are going on the trip with us to come up. We want to pray over them together today right before we leave. Amen. So let's bring them all up. Don't be shy, boys and girls. You're not shy. All right. Come on up and uh, and praise God. Thank you, church family, for uh, making this happen. Uh, we, uh, what a, what a good church that would put teenagers at such a high priority to see them, uh, come into the love of God and, and, uh, praise the Lord, (laughs) make an investment into their future. All right. This is a lot of kids. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to pray over them. They'll be leaving here shortly after service, heading over to St. George, Utah. One of them just fell on my foot. Thank you. All right. And uh, <laughs> and they're going to we're going to pray for their safety that we want them to have a really fun time, the best time ever. But even more importantly than that, I want them to receive from the Lord this week and I want them to get closer to Jesus. Amen. Now, we just talked about love here, uh, teenagers, and so guarantee you by Wednesday. Some of the people around you will be on your nerves. But what are you going to do? You're going to love them anyway, right? And you're going to love like First Corinthians 13 says to love. Amen. All right. Well, let, I'll have Pastor Katie uh, pray over him because uh, she's, our, she's our youth leader. Amen. And so even though she's my wife, so.
4: <laughs> okay. Well, you all agree with me, okay? So extend your hands and act like you care, all right? Okay, Father, thank you so much for this amazing group of young men and women who love you and are hungry for you and want to know you more. Lord, it is an honor and a privilege for us to get together and to go on this trip. I thank you, Lord, that the blood of Jesus covers us and that Psalm 91 is true for us, that we are safe and protected. No weapon formed against us can prosper. I ask, Father, for you to prepare each of their hearts on this trip that as we get into these vehicles to go, that they will develop godly relationships that would last a lifetime, Father, that they would encourage each other and build each other up, and so that the gates of hell would not prevail, that they could go into life and school this year ready for love, Lord, that they could change their school, their families, their worlds with your love, And I thank you, Lord, that we're going to have so much fun at the pool and that no one is going to be super annoyed with us and that we'll have great manners, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, hold up. Y'all are doing the Barstow Faith Confession. Okay, ready? They're not ready. Hold on. No, wrong one. (laughs) Okay, Barstow Faith Confession. Ready, go. We declare. That Barso is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barso is healed. Barso is prospering. Barso is safe. Barso is strong. Barso is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barso is full of love, joy, and peace. Barso is full of the glory of God. Barso is coming to Jesus. Barso is saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. If you're going with us, go to the bathroom.